coming straight from the cockpit. It's another episode of Lunatic Fringe with the fucking pilot. Ready, set, go! All right, back in the can for another edition of Lunatic Fringe Into the Void with a wild man on the other side of the line, so I'm not going to fuck around and wait at all. Who the fuck are you, and what do you do? <laughs> I was a wild man at this stage. Uh, I'm Splash Robinson, and I build houses. Splash Robinson, and you build houses. You know, it's kind of fucking funny trying to find you to get everything started up on Skype. I had to ask for your Skype name, and you sent me Michael Robinson, and I thought, who the fuck is Michael Robinson? <laughs> I didn't. I don't know that I ever knew your first name was Michael. You're Splash. Yeah, no. You know, asked me as Michael, but I couldn't find the I couldn't find the login to my old Skype, which is Splash Robinson, and so I had to set it up as Michael. <laughs> oh, that's so fucking funny. Yeah, I'm like, who the fuck is this Michael guy? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's actually start right there uh, before we back up too far. How'd you get the nickname Splash? Um, Sparky the Wonder Chicken was already taken. <laughs> that's it. Story. Sparky That's the Lord. same story I've been telling for since uh, I had 282 jumps. 182? 282. 182. <laughs> I'm going to have to look it up. Might be 2, 282. I don't tell people the story because I figure you can't figure it out. It's, you know. Yeah, fair so enough. Fair enough. You can't figure it out. You don't need to figure it out. And the other thing is that the, the kind of running, it's not a joke, but the running, um, the running plan is to have people just stand up at my funeral and make it up. So, <laughs> so I mean, it's pretty. Uh, Tom McCarthy, Texas Tom. Yep. He found out from a from a guy who was there, and a guy named I will say a, a shout out to a guy named Jerry Boyles who who gave me the nickname, um, and it was just basically a shit demo jump into uh, the uh, the Illinois River. Mm. Illinois. And back then, we called it the Illinois River, and Texas Tom, who was from Illinois, uh, constantly reminded me that the, you don't say the S in right. Illinois. Oh, God. So, that was it. A, a really a pretty famous skydiver named Bill Campbell spotted the loan. I'll throw him in there. Um, I don't know if he jumps much anymore, but he was a four-way. He started four-way in Oklahoma, and that was a couple of teams I was on. Um when I first started in four way and then I moved, I'm like, fuck it. I got to get out of Oklahoma. Mm. Uh, Cause I was just too different. Right. I was just too, I was just too odd. <laughs> yeah, you are. It's just, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think so. I don't think so, but I was just too odd for Oklahoma. And I, that was one thing uh, we were chatting about, you know, living, living in the South is that I just didn't want to spend the rest of my life with people that knew me when I was 16, 17, 18, and I would have to constantly hear the same shit over and over. Sure. Um, and so um, a friend of mine said, uh, oh, that's right. Um, they said, you can go to school in California for 50 bucks a semester, right, for junior college. And then my buddy Craig Wolmershauser, Craig Wolf, uh, he moved out here to Lodi, and he said, dude, you got to come out. And so I drove to L.A., in a car in 83, I think, uh, with a friend who was moving back to his parents in LA. I hated it. Absolutely fucking hated LA. <laughs> Got in a Greyhound bus, went to Lodi and was happy for it. Right. <laughs> and so, um, when, <laughs> when these fucking kids talk about Bill Dawes and how he's such a God for the sport, 
I'm like, dude, I've known this guy for 34 years. <laughs> and, you know, I, I don't got to talk complete shit about Bill, but he's Bill's Oz, right? Yeah. You know? Well, that's kind of the not, thing with him, though, isn't it? I mean, you say that name and people automatically have whatever reaction they're going to have. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everybody's got a built-in, you know, response. And I look at these people and I go, you know, he's fired everybody. He fired uh, <laughs> Bungie Wallace, it's two-year-old. He fucking fired a two-year-old, yeah. right? <laughs> like, you know, he got punched out by that Aussie girl or New Zealand girl. That was fucking hilarious. I was there for that. Oh. Um, you know, and so I was, I jumped at, at Lodi for seven weeks. I stayed in a tent hmm. and, uh, and I went home, packed everything I could, sold everything I could. Oh, no, that's what happened. I went back to Tulsa and they had the... Uh, that's where I grew up in Tulsa, North Tulsa, where they had the race fucking massacre. Um, so uh, my mom's Native American, so I'm part Native American, a little bit. Um, but anyway, long story, I went back. I was saving money and working to come back to California to go to school. And Tulsa had this insane deluge. It had 12 inches of rain. No, seven inches of rain in 12 hours. Mm. And I wound up losing my uh, Datsun B210 that I'd literally stolen from my dad out of his garage. Um, I lost a, lost a gram of Coke in his car. It was lifted up in the flood. I was on top of the roof with this guy I'd picked up. And he's like, where are you going? And I'm like, anywhere but here. Dove off the top of this fucking thing. Swam to the shore of 11th Street, right? So we're going down 11th Street backwards, floating. <laughs> You probably didn't know that uh, B-210s float. But anyway, it's floating backwards. Um, I dove off of it. The car eventually ran into a liquor store, rolled upside down, and then was bent around a telephone pole. <laughs> and <laughs> FEMA, FEMA comes in and goes, oh, you're uninsured. Here's $1,200 in 1984. It's a good right? chunk of change in 84. My, my dad's standing there going, it was my fucking car. <laughs> and I went, eh, sucks to be you, but I'll leave it here for you because we had picked it up and dragged it home. All right. I mean, it was literally bent around a pole sideways, right? It mm. was fucking, I'm like, <laughs> so I took the 1200 bucks, bought a VW van and drove to California. Nice. Nice. Pulled into, pulled into Lodi, pulled into Lodi at about 2 p.m., maybe 1 p.m. And Bill Dawes goes, do you know how to change oil on a DC-3? And I wanted to say no, but he didn't give me time. Right. He just said, there it is. And I started, I went to work for Bill Dawes at four bucks an hour, $4 a pack job. Jesus Christ. So. Oh, <laughs> man, man, oh man. Yeah. That's so, Dawes is the first drop zone you work for, working on his aircraft. Why does that not surprise me? With all yeah, the stories I was, that I know about. Doing, no. And that was the year. That was the year. Bill thought he could save money because it's always about saving money with Bill. Right. Um, Bill thought he could save money by putting av gas, aviate. I mean, not av gas. Um, auto gas in the DC three, and it was a ten way speed star event. And uh, we were up all night doing coke, changing out cylinder heads because he just kept blowing them. Right. <laughs> I mean, he he had to let out an entire airplane at three thousand feet. Um, 30 people, 30 souls. Jesus. Because uh, he just kept blowing jugs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, and somebody's like, how much are you saving on this gas? Um, oh, and that's... Not I enough. I was lucky I didn't get fired. I literally threw a burning 
you know what a screen is for a, a, a you know how you clean a metal screen for the old style uh, oil filters, right? Yeah, yeah. The old style oil filters have metal screens all the way through them. They replace it. I mean, they're you wash them out. So I'm washing the screen out with gas uh, to find out if there's any metal. We're going to send it off to get it inspected, right? They're going to do tests on it, and it, they're going to um, they're going to tell us what kind of metal is blowing up inside the engine, and uh, it starts spontaneously igniting, right, in my hands. <laughs> this it's a it's a paint paint fil filter. Uh, so I'm washing the oil filter into a paint filter, <laughs> and then extracting whatever materials in there into a into a sample. Right. So this 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 paint filter, which is you know a cone shaped like a coffee cone, a coffee coffee maker. This thing is is igniting in my hands, catching on fire. My hands are covered in gasoline, and this thing is spontaneously igniting. Now, Bill knew I smoked at the time, and he kept yelling at me that I was smoking. I'm like inside the hangar, and eventually when it caught on fire the third time, and it, I, I kept blowing it out, I took it and threw it, and it went across a, a canopy, and he came unfucking hinged And he's like, how can you be throwing burning shit? I'm like, Bill, my hands are on fire. Well, it turns out that the, the, the rods inside of a DC-3 engine are made of uh, phosphorus or sulfur. One of those things that catches fire. In sure. Air. Is that phosphorus? The, uh, you know, I'm not sure, to be honest. So anyway, it's got, a, it's, got, it's got a product inside of it that keeps it cooler, and that shit ignites. <laughs> and it was breaking rods. <laughs> So I'm cleaning the oil filter, and it's full of this shit. And once it gets exposed to the air, fucking catching on fire. Did you get fired for so, uh, for trying to set a shit on fire? I did not get fired for that. I did not, which is strange. He cut me off. I came home once hungover and packed a student rig without the brake lines. Uh, he, so he cut me off of – this was before he fired everybody. So mm. he cut me off of packing. I couldn't pack anymore. He blamed me for some bad openings. And I'm uh. like – I'm pretty sure I just fucked this one up, Bill. But anyway, um, <laughs> he had some he had some engineer that was he left the manuals out. He was changing out the JFCs, the I think that's what they were called, the original automatic openers. Mm. He was changing them out, and he left the fucking manual out. And this engineer I was teaching, um, oh, that was the other thing. He's like, uh, "Have you ever done static line? Have you ever have you ever taught static line?" And I went. I put Bill Campbell out on his 700th jump because he wanted to re-experience the old days of static line. Right. And he literally says, I mean, this is no fucking joke. He goes, well, there's four of them right over there. At least you got experience. <laughs> <laughs> I walk over to the Cessna. John Haynes is sitting in there and there's three students. And so, or four students, whatever it was. I don't know. I think he fit four of them in there. So I go up on my fucking first, uh, uh, first static line instructor oh, or Jesus. jump master, whatever the fuck it was. That was it, right? And when I told that story to uh, the guy that run the AFS course, he just looked at me and goes, that's a lie. And I went, okay. <laughs> he goes, you can't put out people without a JFC certificate. And I went, okay, you've <laughs> never jumped at loadout. <laughs> right. Right. Well, see, that's the thing is if, if you've never experienced that drop zone, you wouldn't oh. believe half of the stories that come out of it. There's no way. I was like 19, 20 years old because I, I started skydiving at 17. Hmm. I literally got my mom to sign a blank sheet of paper for a waiver. 
went and did a, my first uh, jump in 1979. And Seven, that was, or 1979. That was in Oklahoma? Yep, Tahlequah, Oklahoma, which was actually the home of the... Um, uh, nationals a couple of years nice well now what, what made you want to do that first jump uh well strangely enough i was in the boy scouts that was another fucking peak experience uh <laughs> look up look up the girl scout murders in oklahoma right so look up <laughs> the girl scout no, I'm serious. so i'm a boy scout fucking i'm 17 or 16 15 15 or 16 probably 15 or 16 i'm working at a fucking scout camp in oklahoma Three miles down the road is a Girl Scout camp, right? right. So Joe, Joe Asshole sneaks in and murders three of them, right? Rapes and murders three of them. Oh, God, dude. And I'm, with three, I'm three miles down the road, and my name's Mike, and the guy in charge of Mike camp's name Mike. And I'm in the office doing some bullshit work that I'm supposed to be doing for the dining hall because that was my job, which was a great job because my voice was breaking during that period, and my nickname was Squeaky. So, <laughs> and then it became deep and people quit, you know, giving me shit. Right. But, um, so anyway, these three Girl Scouts get murdered. I'm at a camp three miles away. My name's Mike. All these fucking press people are calling. I'm answering the phone and I say, hello, this is Mike. And they're all just fucking hammering me with this information. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> so I wound up staying there a couple more summers. What was the point of that? Sorry. Um, Your first anyway, jump. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, I I went to yeah. You're gonna have to help me with that. Remembering. Yeah, no, this is um, brilliant. <laughs> so I went to this Boy Scout thing, and it was 1976. It was the you know I think that was some sort of special year for the U.S. I can't remember. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I go to this Boy Scout thing, and I see these fucking people landing on square canopies, and I'd never seen square canopies before. Hmm. Right. 1976. They weren't that. They were just starting. Right. Sure. See, these guys land in the three fucking square canopies, and I'm like, holy shit, I want to do that when I grow up. Yeah. And then I met a guy named Ken Hills, and he goes, you do this, you don't ever have to grow up. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, he had a, his his bumper sticker used to say, skydivers, we have more fun than people. Right? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, then I was 17, and then I ran away from home, and then I realized – you can't run away from home when you're 17. You fucking can vote almost. Right. So I lived at the drop zone. I packed parachutes. Um, I used to be in charge of telling the people, because they started having nationals in Muskogee, right? Because they used to have them in Tahlequah. Mm. And they had this really great idea that, oh, Oklahoma's in the middle of the country, right? So it's easier for everybody to get there, except there's no fucking flights. <laughs> right. Right? <laughs> right. So they had the nationals, uh, they had the nationals at Muskogee two, three years in a row before I left to come to California. And the place I got my nickname had this demo every year at the Nationals. And the rule was, if you landed, you could carry off as much beer as you could carry off. <laughs> so then you get on the bus. And we're, we're on the bus. We got all this fucking beer. And then I start to climb out on top. And the newbies, so they're like, where are you going? And I'm like, for the view. So I go up on top of the bus. We're driving back. It's about a 30, 45-minute ride. Mm. We're driving back. We're on the top of the bus. We're drinking beer and throwing it inside the window. Someone's giving Coke to the driver. <laughs> you know, it's the fucking 80s, right? right? Early 80s, like 382. <laughs> um, and, then, uh, and then I'm climbing back down, and they're like, where are you going? And I'm like, the wires are coming. And they're like, what? I'm like, the wires are coming. 
And they're like, what? And I'm like, you'll find out. Oh, no. All the experienced people climb inside the bus. And all the fucking newbies, they just get cleaned off the top. (laughs) Like, we fucking told you. You know, there's a low-hanging wire between here and drop zone. Um, So, anyway. Jesus Christ. And that that was basically the start of your skydiving career. Uh, yeah, three years into it. So it was <laughs> fucking hell. Yeah, I did my first, uh, did my first night jump was, uh, I was on a round canopy. My first hundred jumps was rounds, mm. right? Didn't get a square canopy till I had over a hundred jumps. Um, money, because I bought a round, mm. um, my first canopy was a round rip cord. Shit was crazy. Right. I had a cloud light. So, uh, I remember some of the first jumps I did a, uh, my, actually I must've had enough square experience because my, uh, one of my favorite awards is I've got a night four stack award, which was a five stack on a full moon and it's number 285 Wow. or 284. Yeah. So I've got, so that was one of my favorite ones and you know, I've got a few more others, but I've never actually, I've never turned in for my gold wings or. Yeah, never done any of that. You know, I did some of that for a while, and it was really cool, um, you know, to have them and and all that stuff. But somewhere along the lines, I just stopped doing it. I don't know. I, you know, yeah. It just kind of yeah. well, a lot, same with logging. <laughs> When's the last time you logged a skydive? <laughs> I logged skydive. I think in '98. Yeah, maybe that sounds about it right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was working at Skydance, and I had made 1,200 jumps, and I was doing 60 jumps a month or 60 jumps a week or not 60 jumps, like 15, 30 jumps, 20 jumps a week. I mean, it's not, I wasn't jumping as much as, you know, some of the, some of the people at the real big drop zones were. Sure. But, uh, somebody once asked me if I was certified in tandems and I'm like, fucker, I'm certified in with and without a drug. <laughs> right. So right. I, I got, I got certified for, um, and that's what pissed your boy off the most. Cause he's like, all right, I'm going to teach you a tandem instructor. He goes, what's your, uh, what's your instructor rating? I'm like, I don't have an instructor rating. What the fuck would I need an instructor rating for? And he's like, you you were instructing at Lodi. I went, yeah. What's your point? <laughs> so that's I had to go see um, Dan. What's that guy's name? He used to do the he used to do the skydiving fatality reports. Dan Skinner. Spinner. I'm not sure. I think that's a little <laughs> bit before my uh, Northern California time for sure. Oh, okay. Um, he was a nice fellow, but he was pretty dry and, my sense of humor didn't go over really well, but um, well, I had to go see him in Washington State for to get my AFF so I could get my tandem training, mm. um, and then uh, I wound up doing a thousand tandems, and I'm kind of proud of it. I never, I never cut away. Nice, mostly because I was scared because um, in the early '80s they were blowing up reserves, right? They yeah. blow up the main and then they blow up the reserve, and you're like, "Fuck, I want to go to reserve." <laughs> right. So I, I got. Certified without a drogue, and then seven jumps into it, calls us up to fucking uh, into Alameda, and he's like, "I got this new thing I want to show you," and we're all like looking at this thing, and we're like, "Fuck that! That is a that's a death trap, man! We're all gonna die." We're like, "Pilot shoots work. Why the fuck do we need that thing? Right? You know, it's hanging out behind you. What happens if you got to fire your reserve? We're all gonna die." Um, and then we went and jumped it, and we're like, "Oh shit." That's so much better than, you know, terminal tandem openings. Right. Um, well, that's I, the... I officially took... 
I was just going to say, that's one of the fucking crazy things is that uh, um, in the tandem course, like when I got my tandem rating, the freakiest jump is the one jump during the course you've got to do without a droke. So I can't imagine. Right. That's just how you do tandems? Fuck that. Uh-uh. Yeah. The biggest guy I ever took was 6'4", 240. Mm. Um, and uh, Ray looks at me and he goes, just don't throw the pilot shoot over the tail. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, good plan. <laughs> oh man so you you end up in uh working for how how long did you work in lodi before you ended up going over to skydance well that's the thing is i went with him um unfortunately ray doesn't remember it but i'm the only guy that fucking put up with him for that long um so so i got fired by bill got jobs uh i went back to framing and carpentry and stuff like that which was ridiculous i should have gone into computers um but i always like building houses right? sure. so i got into I got back into carpentering carpentering with chuck driver and jerry sharp and uh working in the bay area and doing some shit and, um basically living in a van and starving and sure. wondering what the world was coming to um and then ray comes up with this crazy idea um to do tandems at lodi and Bill Dawes, and this is what I always find funny. People say, you know, he's such a visionary. So Bill said to Ray, you're welcome to do tandems here because he goes, why would anybody do a tandem when you can do a static line? <laughs> right? so, so Dawes literally told Ray, go for it. Um, and, of course, eventually it, it collapsed around him. But we did. We worked there for a few months, I think, Okay. before it just didn't work out. Right. Um and then, and then we moved to Antioch, and I was probably one of his, I wouldn't say chief instructor because that word really didn't exist at the time, but sure. I was one of his lead guys. And so I was doing all the tandems for then. I was trying to work, trying to do anything besides be a carpenter. I mean, my dad was a mechanic, and I kind of wanted to be something else, sure. right, besides a man that used his hands. Um, and so I tried to go to school, and then I met this hot little blonde in San Francisco, and then you know, that shit'll happen. Shove, and she got pregnant. I'm not sure how that worked out, but um, <laughs> and <laughs> and then after the first one, she's like, "Well, you wanna you wanna do birth control?" And I'm like, "Well, I really don't want just one." Um, so we had two. So my daughter is 33 now, I think, and just got engaged. Wow! Congratulations, Amelia. There yeah, you go. so lovely. Unfortunately, she's living down in Long Beach, um, and my son. Um, Took off, took a little more off the, what is it? Uh, uh, my brain doesn't work this late at night. Um, <laughs> uh, what is it? The apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. So he, um, it took him 11 years to get through uh, Cal Poly, and he graduated with a uh, aerospace, uh, with a aerospace engineering degree with a with a uh, emphasis on the space side. Oh wow. Yeah, but he did it himself. That's so, fucking awesome. I, mean, I put, yeah, I put her through school. She graduated at 21 with honors, uh, took her four years, and then now she's a teacher, uh, teaching English and down around. And actually, she works in Compton of all fucking places. Wow. So, yeah, so that's, she's hardcore. That's one thing you guys, you and I have in common is we're both idiots that had amazing kids. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? Yeah. So she got a job. Jesus, your daughter, how, how old is she? Uh, she's 23, 23 years old oh. and working her way through law school. 
Uh, so no shit. yeah, dramatically more intelligent, much sharper than her dad. But yeah, I'm still over here well, banging rocks together to try and get sparks. Wasn't a high threshold, that was it? No, no. So, all right. So you basically you're you're there at the ground floor as Skydance gets going in Northern California skydiving starts to get pretty yeah, popular because by the time yeah. uh, you and I became acquainted was in the mid 2000s, early 2000s, um, when I started working out at Skydance as well. But by then there was this awesome fucking community of skydivers. Oh my! I mean, it was it was such a, an amazing crew and just this fantastic time. Um, you know, and, and everybody was, it was such a tight knit family by then. I, I mean, it, it must've been sure. kind of a blast watching it all happen. It was kind of amazing. It would have been nice to, to be able to stand back, but of course we were in the middle of it. Sure. But I mean, we were doing tandems and, uh, I mean, I was at Skydance before the first building was there. I stood out there with Dan O'Brien and at the, at just the bare land and went, okay. You know, cause they wanted to leave Antioch. Antioch was getting under pressure from, uh, housing development. Right. And so it was a private airport and it was eventually going to go away. But then once I got to the point working for Ray and Dan was so fucking difficult. <laughs> they just fought all the time. Oh my God. And the communication skills were just shot. Uh, and I had a wife and two kids and it was staring at having no wife and, um, still two kids. Right. Right. So I, I had to do something. So I went back to, um, went back to construction because just being a full-time um job zone you just didn't make sure 20 grand a year yeah 15, 20 grand a year well and and by the time uh, i think you and i became acquainted you were a fun jumper you were coming out and hanging out and you were back to back to building places and and in fact i think one of my first memories and i'm pretty sure you were on this load i had just gotten signed off to fly the pack for ray and a bunch of you crusty yeah. old fuckers were in the back of the plane it was you and DOB and I think one or two jumpers that had been in NorCal forever decide how funny you think it's going to be if all at once you just start jump up and down in the back of the fucking plane, make this huge racket. The plane bounces all over the place, and I shit myself sitting up in the cockpit. And I remember looking in the that mirror was... and then turning around backwards, and you guys are pissing your pants laughing so hard you can't see straight. <laughs> That was my That's introduction to you and DOB and the crew. Is I'm like, who the yeah. fuck? Fuck <laughs> are these guys? Fucking assholes. Yeah, uh, but having a damn good oh, time had, with it. God damn, it was amazing. We had a. It, it was just a lovely group of people that just enjoyed each other's company and yeah. Um, and I mean, Bungie Wallace was still alive. Um, Texas Tom came over. Not all the Lodi guys came over, but. You know, the reason Skydance started was because Bill fired everybody, right? Right. There was a 32-way that was, or a 30-way that was jumping, and they hadn't invited Bill on load. And after their third jump, Bill came out and said, these planes are for me and my friends. You're not either one of them, so bye-bye. That sounds about, uh, that sounds he, about on par. Yeah, he fired all 30 people. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking God. Oh, man. <laughs> now. Why not? You know, you most because we were the fam we were famous. We were the tree people, right? Right. So I was part of that crew at Lodi. If you ever heard about those guys, I've I mean, heard some stories. Just... Now, fuck, man, it was amazing. When did you start the base jumping shit? Well, unfortunately, um, when I first started skydiving in '79, I actually thought free flying was the thing, right. but unfortunately, they hadn't invented it yet. 
right? <laughs> right. And so they're like, oh, no, you fly flat. Here's a, you know, this is how you dock on a balloon suit. Um, the wing war was in full, was actually just peaking and about to, about to crash, <laughs> right? I mean, I was 6'1", 180 pounds, and I was wearing just this giant cotton jumpsuit. Right. Um, and so that was kind of the big change was coming and I saw it and Oklahoma was real slow to move. Hmm. And so when, when I went to Lodi the first time, I'm like, fuck, I got to go back to Lodi because I had to go home to Oklahoma, crash my dad's car and then come back. Right. Um, and what was the question? Dude. So, uh, when I got into base jumping, let's see, Clem, who was base number 75, he goes, come on, I'll, I'll pack the rig for you as a Raven free packed with a 42 inch pilot chute handheld. And he's like, let's go to the bridge. And so we go to the bridge and I don't have it written down, but I'm pretty sure it was either just before or just after Carl Banish died. So when people ask me when I start base jumping, I say somewhere between <laughs> number three and number 10 on the fatality list. Jesus right. <laughs> They're like, what? I'm like, yeah, number three and number 10, somewhere in there can't totally remember because <laughs> my daughter was born in December of 86. So I must have met her mother before that. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, I can't say this when my wife is sitting here, but she was so excited when I jumped the bridge the first time that she said, we have to have sex right fucking now. <laughs> and so I think I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm one of the few people that have made their first base jump and had sex in the landing area. Well, there you um, go. But <laughs> there you go. Now, this what bridge was this? Auburn. Auburn, yeah. Oh, <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And and look, my training consisted of fucking five minutes of Clem saying head up, head up, head up, and then this real aggressive girl who was a team. She was like competing, and she everything she did was a competition. She wanted to be the best four way or eight way. Anything she did, she was really competitive runner. And uh, she went first, and she went a solid three fucking seconds <laughs> on her first base jump. And the only training I got was from Clem. He said, head up, head up, head up. He looked over, watched her go, looked back at me and goes, don't do that. <laughs> right? That was it. That was my total fucking base jumping training. Awesome. Right? <laughs> and here, like, you know, here's a pilot shoot. Make sure you let go of it. Right. Fucking <laughs> hell, man. <laughs> fucking hell. That is, yeah. yeah, so... It wasn't, the brake lines weren't outside, I don't think. I think the brake lines were still through the slider. The slider was just held down. <laughs> it was free packed inside of a fucking uh, skydiving rig. Right? Wow. wow. So, when off I the bridge, off the top during the day. Oh, because why not? And dead, yeah, well, dead Steve Morell, you ever heard of him? <laughs> no. Dead, <laughs> he'd be great for your show, but he's dead. So, <laughs> Hence dead, the name? That Steve Morell was so fucking lucky. He crashed a couple of times. They had to cut a reserve off of him. Uh, he had a malfunction on the bridge, fired a reserve. It was borrowed gear. They had to cut the reserve off him because he crashed into the river. Right? Clem cut the fucking reserve off of him. He gets busted in Yosemite. He's in the Air Force, and they send him to a little place called Dubai or <laughs> UAE. Or they sent him somewhere back. They sent him somewhere where they had a military base. And he was flying King Airs for the military. And then just before they sent him home, he was supposed to fly to Scotland and get on this plane. Or fly, he was supposed to fly to England and get on this plane called Lockerbie something, 148. Mm. You know what I'm talking about? I do. 
Yeah. So he breaks both angles in a base jump that <laughs> night. Fucking hell. <laughs> so the only reason dead Steve Morell didn't die on that fucking aircraft that blew up over Scotland because he was in the hospital with two broken ankles. <laughs> and then he... <laughs> So this is one of the, this is one of my mentors in base jumping, right? Dead Steve Morell. Dead Steve. And it wasn't a it wasn't a post, um, it wasn't a nickname later. He was literally called Dead Steve Morell while he was alive. Well, he was eventually so, going to live up to that name. Yeah, and he did. He jumped out in a two way. They wrapped and died. Oh Jesus Christ! A two yeah. Back when he got back to the states. What? Yeah. So and he literally survived the bombing of a fucking airliner. Was he named Dead Steve because he was one of those guys? It was just coming. It was just yeah. a matter of time. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, they gotta, if they got to cut you out of your reserve in in the river below the Auburn Bridge, yeah. You know? And he used to stop cars. He would stop cars on the road on the bridge and would like to, and and just stop them <laughs> and just say, "Hey, you want to see something really cool?" <laughs> and, then he, and, and then he'd say, "You know, the reason they save death for last is because it's so awesome." Oh, and then he'd fucking jump off the bridge. He's right? he's like the the uh, cartoon character of original. What- Everybody's He's the original day blazer, man. That's... The original day blazer. That's fucking hilarious. Sorry, I can't truly remember when I uh, started, but then I went uh, Texas Tom. You remember him? Homeless Tom. I've heard Texas the name. Tom McCarthy. So Texas Tom McCarthy takes me to, he goes, you want to do the Yosemite? And I'm like, fuck up. <laughs> and he goes, all right, we're going to, um, and I don't know why they had this idea, but back in the day, original days, right? Um, so I jumped, I jumped Yosemite probably just after my daughter was born or maybe just before. So somewhere around 85, 86, right. 84, 85. Skydiving gear. Um, we hiked at night. I don't know why we hiked at night. It never made sense to me. I'm like, why are we hiking at night? That means we run in the daylight. Why don't we hike in the day, jump at sunset, and then we're running in the dark. Right. And they're like, that's stupid. This is the way we do it. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I get to the top of Yosemite. I get to the top of Half Dome. Right, I've got maybe eight jumps, seven base jumps, oh, wow. six, seven base jumps, and so I'm jumping a cliff. Why not? And the, the entire training was Tom pointing at a at a at a fucking tree five thousand feet below, and he said, "See that tree?" And I'm like, "It's a forest." And he goes, "No, that one." I'm like, "And?" He goes, "You're gonna land near that." I'm like, "Okay, well, you're gonna go first, right?" So I see where to land. He goes, "No fucking way." I'm like, why would I go first? I have zero experience. And he goes, if you don't go first, I can't guarantee you'll go at all. (laughs) (laughs) That's a hell of a mentality. And I'm like, that was my training. Hmm. That was the training. I don't trust you, so you have to go first, right? And so for the rest of my base jumping career, I was almost always the one going last. Because I loved going last. No one liked to go last, right? So I was like, fuck, I'll go last. It's this, You're alone. You're scared. You can do count. You can do no count. You can back up at the count. You can stop the count. Right. You can go over the count. You can go one, two, four. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking so hell. I always started going last, and people loved going with me because I would let them go first. Right. Yeah. And base jumping, nobody, nobody wants to be the fucking last one up there. Oh, and I just funny. got to the point. Yeah. I didn't even realize that you were into all that stuff for the longest time um, I, because you were always one of the guys jumping with D.O.B. and, and doing belly stuff. And so you kind of get a yeah. reputation as, oh, he's an, he's an old belly guy. And the next thing you know, social media being what it is, I'm watching you jumping off of, what was it, the KL Tower? 
you did, you, yeah. you've done Kuala Lumpur, and I'm like, fucking, is, is that Splash is jumping off the tower? Holy shit. And I thought you had this, like, uh, midlife, I'm going to go start becoming a base jumper thing, and I didn't realize that you'd been up to that shit all along. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, I had a wife and kids. I was like, and one reason I never, I never got my base number, because I didn't want anybody knowing about it. Right. I didn't, I never went to Bridge Day. I've never been to Bridge Day, mm. which I should have gone, but I just never did because when you originally, the original Bridge Days, they wanted your social security number. Right. But I said, there's no fucking way I'm going to sign on to an illegal enterprise. Right. I got a wife and kids. I had an ex-wife and kids. Right. So anyway, um, I was loving base jumping. One is because I got my kids every weekend. Right. So when I, I got divorced, they were two and four and my dad was gone a lot, right? A lot. Like he was gone all summer, every year. Right. He worked the pipelines. He was a mechanic, cross country. He would travel to some. In fact, he was in. Um, I think he helped Iran. I think he built oil. He worked on. He worked on tractors that worked on the oil where oil in Iran. No shit. Then he worked in South America where they gave him a gun. They gave him a gave him a sidearm and malaria, right? <laughs> And then my mom finds out he's got malaria after he gets back. She's like, why the fuck didn't you tell me he had malaria? And he's like, what would you have done? Except worry, <laughs> right? That was my dad, right? Um, so anyway, um, what was I talking about? I keep lost. It's late night stuff. Uh, malaria? No. <laughs> I love that I've caught yeah. you late at night. Fucking <laughs> 11 o'clock here, dude. Uh and I was up at seven this morning for the painters. Um, what was I talking about? Base jumping. The, um, base jumping. So I had the kids every weekend because I, you know, I experienced not having my dad around a lot. Sure. So I wanted to be around for my kids. It didn't make me a great dad. It just means I was there more often. Sure. So I got them every weekend unless I was out of the country. That was our rule, right? Even when I was. I ran the Splash's Sky Diner at Skydance, and right. um, I changed careers and went into banking. Right, I was afraid it was going to be commission only, and I was—I needed some money, so I was running that little diner at the drop zone. Sure. Um, the um, so what was the point? Uh, God, I'm getting confused. Still base jumping. The um, the base jumping. <laughs> so if I traveled for base jumping. It was me going out and experiencing the world. Right. Otherwise, I had the kids with me all the time. So it was hard to jump. It was hard to skydive. And so I would go on these base missions. And I went to the cave like six times. Awesome. I got 29 jumps in the cave. And I, I was, up until the last actual legal trip to the cave, I had more jumps than any human being on the planet. Wow. And then uh, and then Squirrel and Clem went to the cave without Mark and Randy, who used to run it all the time. Mark. Mark Lickley and Randy Pacheco, mm. right? They ran it for years. They didn't go that year. And so there was very little camera work because Mark always wanted his, he always thought that he would take his camera work to the next level, which, you know, everybody in skydiving thinks so, but, you know, only Craig O'Brien, Tom Sanders, and I mean, it's only a few people they can get yeah. to the movie. So the point is, is that when Mark and Randy were there, it was cameras, cameras, cameras. And so you only made two, three jumps a day, sure. right? But so when Mark and Randy weren't there, these guys made 10 jumps a day. One guy got to 35 jumps and said, I'm done. I'm going home literally halfway through the trip. Wow. Um, <laughs> but if you've never jumped a cave in Mexico, it's 
I mean, it's another world. I've seen the pictures and, and, and heard the stories, but I cannot begin to fathom what that's got to be like. <laughs> so I'm standing there um, on the other side, the opposite side that we usually jump from. When my hands are on this pulley, right, I'm going to do the first Tyrolean traverse at the cave. And my buddy Squirrel, who's a jumper and a rock climber, and he owns the Rocknasium in Davis, he, was, he set up all the ropes. And I looked at him, I go, is this going to work? And he goes, yeah, if you don't crash into the side of the hill on the way on the first, you know, when you kick loose. Right. I'm like, is that possible? He goes, fuck, I don't know. So, cause we, well, it wasn't, they didn't have a lot of slack line information back then, sure. right? So they didn't, you, there was only so many ways you could tighten the rope up. And so basically I launch off on this Tyrolean traverse and I'm going real slow. And I kind of creep my way out to the middle, throw a double gainer and open. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I'm wearing these glasses that are photo gray and they turn black in the sun, right? So I'm, like, I'm in the sun because I'm in a fucking Tyrolean Traverse. And as soon as I come out of the second gainer and pitch, it's black, right? <laughs> Jesus pitch Christ. fucking black. And I can't see shit. <laughs> and the only rule about the jump in the cave is there's a wall in every direction. Right. Right. There's literally a wall every fucking direction <laughs> 10 degrees from here it's a wall 30 degrees it's a fucking wall right 180 degrees it's a wall so so you have to be a little competent right yeah and um actually i don't know if you remember that uh skydiving rig i had that had o-u-i on it everybody thought it said we i do yeah it meant it meant options until impact <laughs> right because <laughs> that's what that taught me is that I would watch people that were supposed to be able to fly a canopy not right. in the most dangerous place in the world, right? The most dangerous place in the world. And actually, one of the, one of the most beautiful debriefs I've ever been to was uh, Randy and Mark. You know, they wanted to run this operation that was, this, uh, that was catering to these base jumpers, and it was an amazing event. And so at the end of the trip, we'd have dinner, and they, they'd have the round table, and everybody would, everybody would say something about what they liked and what they thought might make things better. It was this real event thing, right? Sure. Kind of making people feel comfortable and happy to be there. And so with this one trip, everybody started bitching about why, because somebody got, somebody broke their leg, but it was a, it was a fracture that was, that wasn't bad. Mm. Right. So it was, it was a fracture, but it wasn't, you know, fucking compound fracture. Right. Like you see a lot of times the femur, it, it just, he hurt himself. And so he came out, went to the down, came out, went down, got an x-ray, they handed him in the x-ray, and he goes, what do you think? And he goes, I just do x-rays. You're going to have to find a doctor to read it, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's how shit works in Mexico. So I watched these people, I watched these fucking people break rocks with their ass. I saw them land in ditches. I saw them, I saw them run into shit all the time, and that concept came up to me. It's like, you've got options until you literally hit the fucking planet. Pretty much. Then... Then your options sort of get thinner, oh. right? So I wrote that options until impact. That's right? fucking good, man. <laughs> it's <laughs> fucking good. Now, yeah. so keep trying to do something, right? So the the so. the cave jump, which is just fucking insane. Uh, but then you end up going and and doing these high profile events like the KL Tower and all that stuff. But you also somewhere in the middle, unbeknownst to me, ended up becoming a burner as well. Yeah, how the fuck Burner, did that happen? Well, Clem kept asking me to go, 
right? Clem had been to Burning Man, and I knew that uh, Brian and those guys. But anyway, I want to make this story. This is a good story. Yeah. So in 99, they were they were talking about – no, in 99, they went to Thailand and did the world record. Mm. 200-something away, right? Yeah. And I heard about it, and I heard about what a great time it was, and what a great party it was, and how much – what an amazing event and what an amazing time it was. And I was originally asked to be on the first 100-way mm. that was completed – but I didn't have enough money to go to it, mm. right? So I was in I was in I was in the Nationals in Muskogee when they tried one of the first hundred ways because they had all the DC threes, right. five DC threes, the Nationals. They didn't pull it off, and I thought, "Fuck, I'd like to be on that." So anyway, I got into base jumping because it, it was the one way that I could feel good about leaving my kids, sure. not getting them for that weekend. I was gone somewhere, um, and so I thought, "Fuck, man, I'd like to go to the next big way in Thailand if they have another one." So when 04 came up, was coming up, and I and so in 03, I asked Dan O'Brien, I said, would you put my name in to those guys in Paris that I never really knew? Right. I made one jump in Paris, and then the plane broke. It didn't crash. It just broke. Mm. And I left L.A., and I never wanted to go back, mm. literally never wanted to go back. And that's what it is. I mean, there's Southern California people, and there's Northern California mm-hmm. people, and we do not, we do not agree. No. On how the world should work. No. Anyway, um, so Tony Domenico and Kate and all those people, they're putting on the the next 350. It was supposed to be 372. It's a strange number. It has to do with 12, right? Right. It has to do with the cycles of the king. Long story short, Dan O'Brien said, I won't put your name up, but I'll put your name in. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so he sends my name and Tony and I send an email to Tony and Tony says, send me, send me your resume. And I said, all right, the last 100 jumps, 85 were base jumps, five were wingsuits, uh, two of them were head down, and five of them were RW. <laughs> I, I, I get a letter back that says, when your check clears, you're on. Fuck. The 100, the 100 way in Paris, right. not the five, not the, not the 350-75. So I show up in Paris. I look for my name on the big way slot, right? I've got Tony Domenico's right left leg. 16 jumps i'm docking on tony fucking domenico (laughs) right and and i'll never forget this guy named dave powers who was a parachute rescue jumper right so the others may live we're jumping with bungie wallace and back then vhs was hard to watch you couldn't stop it well enough to really pick out who was fucking up right sure it wasn't dvds and it wasn't gopros it was vhs so Benji Wallace comes to me and Dave Powers and he looks at us both and he goes, there's something going on with you guys. There's something going on in this sector. I don't know what it is, but you got to fix it. And Dave Powers looks at Bungie Wallace and goes, no problem. It's fixed. And I look at him and he just, he does this, you know, don't say anything. And Bungie leaves. We get together for the next dirt dive. Dave stands up, looks at the four people around us and he goes, you guys fuck up one more time. I'm killing you all. This guy's going to bury the bodies, right? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, so I get to Paris, and this one guy keeps dragging on me and dragging on me and dragging on me. And I finally go, look, dude, I need to go to Thailand. I heard it's a good time. If I fuck this up, it's your fucking fault, and I'm going to fuck you up. So either pull it together or get off. <laughs> At the end of the weekend, Tony Domenico goes, yeah, I didn't really notice you back there, but you're on the video, so you must be there. So I got an invitation to the 372 way. Awesome. In 04, and then I got accepted to go to the, the 
the six, the 400 way. And so people always, you know, young, especially young kids. I had this one kid who goes, yeah, I got like 2000 jumps, Splash. I'm probably past you. I went, sure. Fine with me, you know? <laughs> right. I mean, that's kind of, it's kind of funny. You don't bother yeah. to try and correct them. Why would you? Why would yeah, and people go, "What's the biggest thing you've ever been on?" I'm like, "What's the biggest thing that's ever been built?" Right, right, right. I mean, when I tell when I when I look at the at the arc of the skydiving and base jumping world that I've actually existed in, <laughs> it's fucking insane, man. It's like I can't believe I'm even here. But I mean, one day in my career, and it has nothing to do with me, right? We built a 398. A 399 and a fucking 400 way. Which is so beyond epic, it's not even funny. One day, right? So I show up to the 06 world record, uh, the 06 world team, and I figure myself to be this fucking, you know, I've been in the sport a long time. I'm tall and light. I should be going somewhere near the back, right? And they put me in the base. Mm. <laughs> right? And when I say the base, I mean, I'm in the base 72 way. I'm the last to dock on the base 72 way. Well, you know what that shit means? <laughs> it means I have to jump every single day, three times a day. So I make 21 jumps out of a, D, out of a C-130, and the people that are going last made three jumps. Right. Or seven jumps. Yeah. So they made seven jumps. The jump, the jump the, one day they made one, and then the next day they made three, and then the next day we made the world record. Fucking hell. Fucking hell. So I'm going last. I'm going last out of a C-130, right, at 24,000 feet because we're just trying to build. We took 16 jumps to build the base. Wow. Wow. 16 jumps. Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And people kept saying, what the fuck are you guys doing? And we're all like, have you seen the core eight-way? <laughs> They're all 250 pounds. They're all old. They literally had shirts that said, too old to art. <laughs> That was their fucking shirt, man. <laughs> oh, Jesus God. Oh, no. So, no, we pulled it off. And I it, can't believe we pulled it off. And it got built. Well, that's the epic thing. Yeah. Well, so again, this is this is where I, I love being able to do this podcast with so many different people because I find out shit that I never knew because I knew you did the big way stuff, but I had no right. idea that you were doing the base jumping and all that stuff. And again, right. thanks to social media, I, you know, you start to find out, oh, shit, this guy does this, he does that. He's wearing a fucking top hat and sparkly pants in the middle of a desert. When the fuck did this happen? <laughs> so, you, All right, so back to the burn. Yeah, yeah, the burn, uh, the burn. Flynn wanted me to go, and I had this really lovely girlfriend who was pretty fastidious. She didn't really like dirt. <laughs> and so we never go. We never went. But once we broke up, Clem's like, you got to go. So I went in 08. Um, and I dislocated my arm on a landing. That was the first time I'm now up to five. Mm. <laughs> uh, I've landed, I've landed a canopy three times, four times, four times with a dislocated right arm. Oh, fucking hell, man. Right. I was jumping on the 262 ways in Arizona and, uh, I was running, I was the third for third or fourth to uh, Ray Farrell and BJ Worth were behind me. And I can't really blame the girl in front of me, even though I did for a while. <laughs> uh, when she jumped out, normally when you're last out, right, you jump and dive. You're diving immediately, right? right? So you jump, roll your arms back. You know how it goes. You're rolling. You're rolling into your dive. She went out flat, 
and I followed it too tight and it just snapped my right arm. Oof. Right. It just, I, I remember my arm being in the collar of a, of a rig, right. The yoke of a rig. And I just remember it snapping behind my head. Oh. And, uh, so I'm trying to find it and it was so dislocated. It was behind my head. Um, and so I roll on my back to try to find it. And then I'm head down on my back and it finally came into view and I grabbed it and rolled over. And BJ Worth and Ray Farrell said the same thing. We thought you just had a bad exit. And I'm like, I did, you fucking retard. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck do you think? So, I mean, I was on my back. And so Rod, um, Rod Johnson from the trail plane, the right trail plane, sees me on my back and thinks I'm unconscious. Right. And he flies down and he does the two thumbs up thing. And by that time, I'm back on my stomach because I found my hand, my arm. <laughs> and I didn't think my hand worked. So I, I didn't know if I could do anything with my I didn't I didn't want to let go of my hand because I was afraid of losing it again. Right. Um, and so Rod does a thumbs up thing. And I'm like, no, I'm not OK. And then I start looking at my I looking at my uh, pilot shoot and looking back at him and looking at my pilot shoot. And he finally, you know, he's going trail. He's going last out of the trail. Right. And I'm in the base. So I got six pounds of weight on, which isn't a big deal, but I got six pounds of lead on. He's got a big suit. So it took him two tries. He literally had to dive below me, and I came to him. He pulls me out at four grand, and uh, I landed my crossfire at uh, Eloy with one hand. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> and then two doctors from two different countries are like, we can help you put that in. I'm like, okay. So I lay on the concrete, and after 10 minutes of that, I'm just, I rolled back over and went, fuck you, clowns. <laughs> I've got to go get some drugs. So then I went to the hospital. Um, anyway, so Burning Man. So that's when I went to Burning Man. That was the first year I went to Burning Man. Uh, so I didn't even jump. I just played around. I, I didn't show up till Thursday. And Clem took care of everything. And, uh, you know, Clem, right? Yeah. Dave Majors. Yep, yep. So, anyway, so I tell, I asked Clem, I go, what do I need to bring? He goes, you need a bike. And so I give him my bike and he dolls it up and puts lights on it and shit. And I go, what about food? And he goes, well, I'm there for seven days. So I take eight cans of soup. <laughs> and I'm like, eight cans of soup. What? You're there for seven days. You take eight cans of soup. And he goes, yeah, in case somebody shows up. Uh, right. <laughs> in, case, <laughs> in case he gets a date. Right. And he goes, and then I bring five cans of, uh, five cans of tuna and I put the tuna in the soup. Then I got my protein. I got my soup. And I'm like, perfect wow so, wow wow <laughs> so uh that was my first year and then um and last year i was in charge of the night jump wow right oh well i mean uh, it's it's which... it's turned into I, I, I never did make it to the burn uh i kind of yeah i never made it to the burn um Jesus. you know zach kimsey was doing uh, flights in and out of there for a while and he was even djing at one point uh for all that stuff but i never got the opportunity to go because i'd moved away uh when it was really starting to get super popular and then right. you know then it became uh, uh i've heard it's gotten very corporate now well it's uh it's everything you ever want it to be i mean there's a lot of rich people sure there's a lot of i mean it, what we like doing is we go early and build and so that week is, I mean, at weekend, we go the weekend before it starts and that's real cash, right? That's just lovely. And everybody hangs out and does all the best drugs. And then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, then shit starts changing. All the Instagram models come in and I don't care who pays for the Instagram models. They're cute to see, sure. right? But I don't have to deal with them and I don't have to put up with them and they're just cute dancing and 
um, you know, we do the night jump on Thursday and then I'm done with responsibility. Um, nice. One of my favorite night jumps at the burn was I was talking with ground crew and I said, um, what do you think? And they're like, well, we can't see the we can't see the landing area. And I'm like, all right, well, call me when you're in the landing area. And they're like, we're in the fucking landing area. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, that didn't sound good. And so we came down. We just landed. Right. And then uh, another time I said, it's next to the big fucking sign that says something fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> and they're like, there is no fucking sign out here that says fuck, fuck, fuck. I'm like, for God's sakes, it's a fucking huge sign. I saw it. <laughs> and they're like, all we know is there's 10,000 people out here. It's pandemonium. There's no way you can land. And then they go, oh, we're all leaving. Right? <laughs> well, guess what they were there for? They were burning the fucking sign. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, man. So this fucking landmark is gone. Right? Oh, no. It's not gone. They literally just burned the whole fucking thing. There's like three different signs and they burned them all. So, <laughs> dude, how have, legitimately, how have you survived this long? Oh, come on. That was nothing. No, no, just <laughs> that's a culmination of all of these things. How the fuck? <laughs> Jesus. Dude, I jumped into the cave in Mexico, man. Fuck. Yeah. Oh. You know, do you know that I'm one of, I think, two people, maybe three, that have hit the ground in free fall and lived? All right. Th- right? I got to hear this one. <laughs> it was nothing, man. It was just another Thursday. Yeah, yeah. So we're at Hella Boogie. We're at Hella Boogie, and I've never understood people that have. If you're going to do something really stupid, go all the way, right? Right. There's an exit point. I think it's number four. I can't remember if it's number four or number five, but I think it's number four. It might be number five, but anyway, it's around this waterfall. Mm. Three different places to exit, and there's actually a secret place to exit. And most people don't exit from the secret place because it's a fucking secret. <laughs> but it literally is in the waterfall. Wow. You literally are standing with the water rushing around you, and there's one rock and a big piece of moss, right? And we were jumping wingsuits. It's one of the first times we ever jumped wingsuits. Um, and I'm watching these three English guys, a guy named Sarge and a couple other guys, and... I can't hear him because of the rush of the, of the water and I can't hear because of the, my helmet's on. And so he does the hand signal three, two, one, go. And then two out of the three go. And then the third one staggers hmm. and I stop because I'm filming all three of them because I'm in a wingsuit and they're flying slick, what they call it right without a wingsuit. Right. And so I stagger or I stutter because this guy stutters because I want to film all three of them. And at that point, my right foot slips on the moss and I slip. Oh. Right. So I'm in the waterfall now, right? In the waterfall, head down. Of course. Straight head down. Not flying. I'm fucking in the water. I'm in the waterfall. And then three seconds down, I miss the giant outcropping that's probably... You can see the video. It's on Facebook somewhere, in my in my feed somewhere. It's called the waterfall jump. And... Um, I miss the pinnacle that comes out to a point that's probably sticks out a foot past my body. Right. It's at, literally outside of the water. And if I'd hit that, it'd been over. And I hit something with my left hand and my both feet. And I literally thought I'd rip my whole left foot off. And I, um, when I finally fly out, my next thought was when I hit it, my next thought was, 
I'm not going to survive the next one. Right. And I need to fly out of this thing without dropping because if I drop, I'm going to tear my other foot off because I think I've already ripped my left foot off. Right. I really thought it was just going to be hanging in the suit. It hurt so fucking hard. Um, hurt so bad. And I flew out. So I draw. I mean, I, I made my way to fly out without just snapping down or doing something radical. I can't believe I actually pulled it off. I, I had the, the, the sense to just fly out. And then I'm flying and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? So I set up open and then you see my shaky hand come up and turn the camera off because the next thing I'm going to do is look at my foot. Right. And I've never been one of those guys that has the gross. I mean, Ammon jumps and lands and tears his whole foot off and videos the whole thing. And I'm like, I'm not that guy. Right. right? (laughs) He's a fucking pirate. Well, that was next level. That was next level. Yeah. Yeah. So I land on one foot. All my feet are there. People start seeing the video through the camera because it's an old PC-110. Right. And they start coming over and shaking my hand, right? And I'm like, I just want to go home and start doing a shit ton of drugs and drinking some good scotch. Right. And uh, that's basically what I did the rest of the day. What, now, what, and then I was <laughs> You obviously didn't tear your foot off. No. Did, but I tore both sides of the I tore both sides of the wingsuit. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. And I wound up breaking the nail on my left hand. <laughs> That's it? So, you broke a fingernail? Broke my nail, yeah. Jesus Christ. Fucked me up. Uh, and I had to take the rest of the day off. <laughs> uh, well, that was probably the real punishment right there. Yeah. And because it was a POC, POV, it really wasn't a really good shot to sell to anybody, right? Okay. Unless you know what you're looking at. Because you just see this you just see this video go into the waterfall and then come out of the waterfall. Right, yeah. But you do see three seconds down, which I was doing about 60 miles an hour. You see this big rock outcropping go by me on the right, Jeez. and that had I been had I gone one foot to the right, I'd be dead. Hey. I would no fucking way. I'd be, I would have survived that. One. It was. I think I was talking to uh, uh, Matt and Mike from Squirrel, and they were uh, telling me, "Yeah, no matter how good you are, luck plays a big fucking part in base jumping." <laughs> oh yeah. And, well, yeah, Johnny Flores. I'm pretty sure he just slipped. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, see, and that's the fucked up thing, right? Is sometimes luck goes both ways. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. Oh, fucking when it's bad. Right. It's really bad. Well, I mean, come on. We're yeah. we're especially you and base jumping when luck goes bad, it's there's there's not really much that's it. <laughs> you know. There's there's not a whole yeah. lot of and room. That's what, right. So, I mean, we used to jump the tower. We had some fucking great times. Well, that's like a <laughs> I mean, the the tower boogie, that's that's like super popular, isn't it? Uh, the KL Tower. I was talking about our tower here. We got the keys to it. We jumped it. I probably jumped it a hundred times. Awesome. So, yeah, I know that was a popular uh, thing back then. You guys have put a few first-time uh-huh. base jumpers off that tower, haven't you? Oh, fuck yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Crazy shit. I've seen people fly through the wires and not know it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> this, this German guy comes walking back from the opposite side. And we're like, where'd you come from? He goes, over there. I'm like, how the fuck did you get over there? <sighs> he goes, what do you mean? landed there i'm like you went through the wires dude and he's like what it's like yeah there's there are 120 degrees there's three sets of wires or 120 degrees you can't come from there and not have gone through them who was the who was the guy in in norcal that uh, got caught up on wires off of a tower and had to make a cell phone call to get himself rescued yeah unfortunately he called his friends i won't say their names but they drove out to film him <laughs> <laughs> And then they had this special rescue. He had base tattooed on his back. He broke himself really bad. And he's just, yeah, it was fucked up. He, after that, it was kind of almost, it was the beginning of the end. Uh, we kept fighting with him to keep 
keep jumping and we had keys and shit, but they kept bolting stuff and welding stuff and putting up cameras. And the last time I was there, a famous skydiver was with me. I won't say his name. You know him. He jumped there with you. Hmm. Um, we're on radios and I was back up closing things off to come out so no one would know we were there. And two cops showed up and I got on the radio. And I said, what the fuck is that? And this highly experienced skydiver, he goes, it's a car. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I turned the radio off at that point. I'm like, yeah. these guys yeah. are good. These guys are useless. Probably a pretty good idea. Yeah. Well, now, uh, so I, I always ask a question towards the uh, the end of the podcast, which I think is very well suited for you um, because you've had such a fucking huge variety in your career in the sport in the beginning and still going strong now. What advice do you give to people that are just getting started in the sport? What do they need to be looking for? What do they need to be careful of? And for us old fuckers, some of us thinking about maybe not jumping anymore because it's just not doing it for us. What do you say to them to keep them in the sport or get them interested again? Uh, I don't know. I mean, there's so many. For the young people, uh, what would I say? Hang in there. (laughs) Yeah, man. Just hang in there. Don't watch too many videos. Meet people. Hang out. You know, come for the weekend. That's what we used to do, right? Go on Friday and come leave on Sunday night. Um, yeah. Meet people. Knowledge comes from experience. Experience comes from not dying. Right. right? And if you're a female, which I, I love seeing more females in the sport, just be careful. You know, everybody's trying to sleep with you. Just Take it at that. Even the female <laughs> right. instructors might be trying to sleep with you. Right. Um, you know what I mean? It's just try. Um, you're probably going to have a skydiving boyfriend. Just pick a nice one. You know, don't <laughs> pick a dick. Um, right. And just keep things together. And there's an. I really love the fact that the the women have, have seem to be right doing a lot of this SOS stuff, and they're kind of helping oh, yeah. each other and training. And there's there's just some beautiful shit going on. And um, I th- that's a lot better than it was in the late eighties, right? Or the oh, middle eighties, sure. you know, it was a fucking sausage fest. Sure. Um, and for old guys, I mean, I don't know. I keep, um, I truthfully, I was in, I was in Norway. Um, and it had rained one day and the next day it was clear. And I just simply said, I'm done. Hmm. I said, I woke up today, not being a base jumper. And then I remembered I had my good friend, Tom, Texas Tom's ashes and I had to go jump. So <laughs> I went back and jumped. I was like, but I had physically and mentally decided that I was done. Hmm. Yeah. And the reason I, mean, I never I, got a base. Yeah. I, no, go I ahead, never go got ahead. a base number was because I, I never jumped a building until I went to Kuala Lumpur in um, like Oh one or maybe it's 98 Oh two. But, I mean, I jumped the Iger in 02 with a wingsuit. That was fucking crazy. That was my 16th wingsuit jump. Wow. So I'd recommend people not do the things I've done, right? <laughs> Get some legitimate experience. Um, but my eighth wingsuit jump was off Monte Brento. And my Jeez. 16th wingsuit jump was off the Iger. Uh, wow. In the clouds, in the, in the fucking fog. Uh, Clement, <laughs> I thought we were going to have to hike down. That was insane. Of course um, it was. Just, just keep moving around. Find... Um, you know, if, if skydiving's not happening for you, learn to fly. Um, unless you don't want to, then just walk away. Yeah. But uh, 
to keep those friendships, you kind of need to keep involved in it. So, I mean, I'm thinking of paragliding. I don't know what I'm going to do. I mean, I've dislocated my arm five fucking times, dude. Yeah, you try landing yeah. a parachute four times with one arm, it sucks. Yeah, no right? thanks. It's just, yeah. So I'd, I'd, I'd prefer not to even try. It's insane. Yeah. yeah. I, I missed the pea gravels by five feet this last time. Five fucking feet because <laughs> the reserve opened so hard it had a built-in left turn, which means I had to hold the right toggle with my dislocated right arm. Oh, fucking hell, dude. So I couldn't move it, but I could position it, right? So I would take my left hand and move my right arm up and down, and then it would stay there. But it was dislocated, right? Or it was it was subluxed. It was... It was dislo- It was preparing to be dislocated. It wasn't. There wasn't any way I could fix it. I didn't think so. Right. So I, I had to keep moving my arm, my right arm, up and down to hold the toggle to keep from turning left. And I missed the fucking pea gravel by five feet because when I went to get the left toggle, it kept going left. So, sure. Well, that's some uh, skill right there, though. Well, that's just fucking. I just got tired of getting hurt. Um, self-preservation, dude. That's one of the best things you can have. And don't yeah. be in a hurry. Right. I mean, I see all these kids come along and they're like, and then, oh, this bullshit about, oh, I mean, I see so many people come into the sport and they're like, I want to go base jumping. I mean, my, I think most people in skydiving, there's, it's all pretty well organized. There's, sure. there's people that want to take your money. There's people that want to teach you. There's people that want to sell your gear. There's people that don't want you to get hurt. They don't want you to die. They want you to be here. But in base jumping, it's still madness, right? It's still sure. fucking madness. So if you're going to get into base jumping, Make 200 fucking skydives. Make 300 skydives, right? Because what I tell everybody is like, you're a base jumper for the first two to five seconds. After that, you're a fucking skydiver flying a parachute, flying a wing. And if you don't know how to handle that wing once it makes a mistake, I mean, my first double gainer off the Auburn Bridge, five line twists because I threw the pilot chute around my right leg. Right? Not, Not against my right leg, around it. So I had to kick the pilot chute off, open, five line twist, kicked out of the last line twist, landed on the wrong side of the river into a fucking pine tree, right? <sighs> so, but luckily I was able to get on the toggles. I was kicking and kicking and kicking and getting, I was five line twists. When I kicked out of them, I was able to flare and not die, right? <laughs> I crashed into a pine tree on the wrong side of the river and it wasn't that bad. Right. Because I didn't stop, right? I kept kicking and kicking and kicking and fucking flared a second. Oh, Jesus God. Dude, there are literally so – we're going to have to do a round two for sure because I know I've got hundreds of fucking stories I've got to pull out of you. I can't even remember some of this shit, man. The cave? Oh, oh fuck. Fucking crazy and, and- shit. Oh, it had to be. It had to be. And the funnest part for me is that I didn't know you had been up to all any of this shit until, you know, relatively recently, maybe five, six years ago. I'm like, holy shit. He's yeah. been to, oh, this and that and the other thing. And it just became this funny thing is, all right, I guess I didn't know Splash. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like to, I just like to travel. And so, you know, I traveled for big ways. BJ invited me to Bali for the first 100 way in Bali. Awesome. Uh, I did the first two point 100 way in Russia. Um, you know, it was fucking amazing. We had just, so that's to me, it's just, just keep moving around. I see people get into the sport. They get into four way, they get into eight way, they compete, compete, compete. The only people they hang out with are team players. And then after five or 10 years, they're burnt the fuck out. Yeah. And so I've been on teams. I've 
done 10 way teams. I've done four way teams. I've done, um, but you know, just mix it up, change it up, hang out with different people, do different things, enjoy different, be new again. Right. Um, yeah, man. Before I dislocated my arm, I was learning with TJ. I was going head down. And the reason I was doing head down, strangely enough, was because the world record pops head down was a 14 way. Hmm. Right. So then I could officially be on the two discipline world records. I could be on the 400 way and I could be on the 15 way head down pops record. Right. Now, that wasn't officially the world record, but it was a pops record. Sure. Um, and then I and then I dislocated my arm, so I kind of had a. They don't even want you in a tunnel if you've dislocated it, and if you tell them five times, they're like, "Don't even come inside." Yeah. No. The big, right. <laughs> yeah. No, no, they don't even want you to watch at that point. <laughs> but I've I, had, yeah. I've had students both in the wind tunnel and on a skydive dislocate their shoulder, and it's the most fucked up thing to watch when it's fully dislocated in free fall. Yeah, that is just. Oh, oh yeah. It's yeah. not. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> do miss do miss teaching, um, but unfortunately, my twelve uh, year old daughter came to me when Seth died, and um, she was five years old when Bungie died. Hmm. He wasn't doing tandems, but he had done tandems, and Amelia knew her his his daughter, Dana. Amelia and Dana were friends, and um, so anyway, when Seth died on a tandem, my twelve year old daughter came to me and said, "Dad, would you?" She goes, I can't ask you to stop everything, but would you please stop doing tandems? And I went, oh, fuck. Right. And that was, that was the end of it. So I quit doing tandems. And unfortunately, I really, really missed that. I love doing tandems. I love teaching. I loved AFF. I love taking people out. I mean, that's, uh, we never gone over this, but I mean, there's the two splash, the two, what are they, splashes, right? Uh, number one, in case of emergency, look for my ass. It will be heading for safety. <laughs> and two it's better to be in pain than to be in pain and on fucking fire <laughs> so yeah. plan so plan if you're gonna crash don't crash in the power lines right <laughs> if you're gonna put it right pick the softest thing to crash into it's like it's like don't stop planning ahead right 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 Okay, I've dislocated my arm. I got to open my reserve. This is going to hurt. All right, that hurt. Now I got a built in left turn. All right, I got to fix that. There's the peas. Ah, shit, I'm going to miss them. Take the crash, right? Sure. Loosen up. Crash, right? So that's, yeah. so if you're going <laughs> to stay in it, you got to keep moving around. So. Yeah, no, I so agree. Amazing places. To- yeah, beautiful things to do. I agree. Well, thanks for putting up with me, man. Oh, dude, thank you so much for coming on. I'm going to get you back on because I know I've got so many fucking stories that were blowing past, but I also know it's getting late for you because you're old. I am old, dude. <laughs> Splash, thank you so much for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. That was beautiful. Hey, come to the burn. Uh, believe me, someday, I swear. And if I go, I'm going someday. with you. Come next year. Oh, yeah, definitely Oof. come with us. Yeah, yeah, maybe. But yeah, no, I'm not going to go with anybody but you. There's no way. <laughs> oh, awesome. Great time. All right, brother. I love you. Glad you're Thanks, doing Thanks, brother. Well. Love you, too. Okay. See ya. See ya. There you go. Another episode of Lunatic Fringe Into the Void in the Can. As always, I am the fucking pilot, and this broadcast is brought to you in association with, yep, the greatest magazine in the known universe. That's right, Blue Skies Mag.
Head to Blue Skies Magazine. BlueSkiesMag.com is where you're going to subscribe to the magazine. You're going to be able to get previously published issues. You're going to buy all their really fucking cool swag. You're also going to send them your pictures, send them your article ideas. They want to hear from you. As for me, again, I am the fucking pilot. You can find me on the fucking pilot.net where you can get the, the, all the links to this podcast, all the, I think I've got like 75, 80 of them out now, as well as both the books that I've written, the Blue Skies Mag's fucking pilot book and the Accidental Stripper, both of them digital and print and coming in audiobook. Again, thanks so much. We'll see you next time.